welcome to the fourth episode of the Business Exchange, How Business Works. And this is brought to you by the American Business Council. Um, the, the program is a bi-weekly Tuesday show uh, where we host experts and where business experts share their insights on the biggest stories in business and policy. Our guests will also make bold predictions across various sectors of the economy. Uh, we ask you to follow us on Twitter at ABC Council underscore NG and the hashtag to use is hashtag how business works. Today we will be discussing counterfeiting and its overall and its overall impact on the pharmaceutical industry and lives in Nigeria. Mm. Now counterfeit thrives in turbulent times and we know what we have been facing in recent times. Uh, but before we move forward, we would like to say that our hearts go out to those who have lost loved ones and livelihoods in the recent turbulence in Lagos. I have with me today a very distinguished guest. His name is Alain Kazubai. He is a country manager of Pfizer Specialists Limited. He covers West Africa. Hi, Inka. Welcome to the show. So, so while we wait for Inka to um, kind of... Uh, Resolve the issue as at his uh, own end. We would uh, would want to share some thoughts um, to our listening uh, audience to give a sense of the background of the pharmaceutical industry. Uh, now, the pharmaceutical industry is really an important component of the healthcare system in Nigeria and uh, globally, especially in the face of the new normal and all the conversation of the needs for vaccines to fight the pandemic. Uh, revenue of the global pharmaceutical industry in 2019 was about 1.25 trillion. I know this figure, obviously, Pfizer and the, and the Pfizer's prescription sales has an interesting slice of this. Now, according to a PwC study, um, Nigeria has just 0.105 pharmaceutical personnel and 0.095 pharmacists. Per thousand persons, and, and you know that you know a lot of Nigerians uh, stop over at pharmacies and chemist shops, you know, um, as a first, first uh, point for treatment. Um, yet, you know, we have this very, um, very troubling figure. Um, overall, our healthcare expenditure constitutes about seven percent of GDP, and uh, we we have. Um, about or over 130 pharmaceutical companies in Nigeria, including including Pfizer. Um, I just want to find out if I, if uh, uh, Mr. Lainka is back. Inka, are you are you back? I'm really sorry, Margaret. I don't know what went wrong, but uh, thank you very much. I want to say good morning to you and thanks for bringing me on your show this morning. Fantastic, Inka. No need to apologize. Uh, we are, we are. This is this are the new times, and so we are all you know learning to um, cope with this. So I'll just give you the background of the pharmaceutical um, industry globally and in um, Nigeria. And um, I'm, I'm happy to, to again say welcome um, to um, the show. I would like to also mention that uh, Mr. Olainka Zubai is no newcomer in the pharmaceutical industry, having, you know, worked in as a, a, in a great, in great leadership positions across, you know, top um, pharmaceutical companies, um, you know, obviously before eventually birthing to to take the leadership of the of Pfizer in Nigeria and in West Africa. So, um, just want to have a sense to give uh, the audience a background of Pfizer's history and operation in Nigeria. Thank you very much. Uh, 
Margaret, and uh, I'm happy to be on this show this morning. First, I'd like to let you know that Pfizer is a global multinational company whose purpose for business is to bring breakthrough that saves patient life. And we're pursuing this purpose with all our vigor, with equity, irrespective of the market. So we're present in Nigeria. We have a history of over 50 years in Nigeria, right in the days when we used to have a manufacturing plant right in Ikeja. And today, diversification, and uh, we're now focusing on innovative medicine, most of which are not being able to manufacture in Nigeria. So we have a regional office for West Africa based in Lagos, and we're responsible for the entire West Africa business, ensuring that our innovative medicine gets across to patients in West Africa. Thank you so much, Inka. In fact, it's always heartwarming to know that, you know, companies have their regional offices in Nigeria because usually the storyline is that, oh, you know, the Nigerian environment is really, uh, you know, turgid and, you know, very challenging, uh, for business. So when I, when I hear that companies, you know, have their regional offices in Nigeria, it is, it is a great story to tell. And it tells, you know, of, um, again, overall the, the, the commitment of U.S. companies in doing business in Nigeria. So today, like I said, we're talking about counterfeits and we know that, you know, there have been coordinated efforts by domestic and international bodies to minimize counterfeiting in in Nigeria. Can you share with, you know, some of the uh, impact of um, counterfeit products and illicit trade to the pharmaceutical industry, to the economy and more importantly, really, to the lives of uh, the citizens of Nigeria? Oh, this is a very interesting topic, and uh, counterfeit medicine means that there is original medicine. But the major impact of the counterfeit medicine is actually the risks on the patient health and also the fact that it's a public health issue. In addition to that, because of that significance in terms of patient health and public health issue, it's actually a risk and a major issue for all healthcare practitioners. Because if a medicine, I mean, a disease is diagnosed properly and the right medicine or the, or the, the uh, original medicine, the patient will not have access to that, the treatment will be incomplete and they will begin to question the diagnosis. So we talked about in terms of uh, infiltration into the market, the volume cannot be quantified today because in Nigeria we have limited data to to actually as, 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 as know as what the volume is, but it is a very big issue in our environment, mainly as it regards the patient health and the major public health issue. Okay, that, that, that's fine. I, I know that there's been a lot of collaboration uh, in this area. Um, one, because um, at some point and even now, uh, I know, um, you know, we as uh, the American Business Council are neck deep in, you know, working with different stakeholders, including Pfizer, you know, to uh, fight these um, issues around counterfeit. Um, what, what are the initiatives that, um, you know, regulators, because I know that regulators are playing critical uh, roles in this, the government and regulators are playing to, 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 to curb the problem. Uh, you know, it, it is a major issue and, uh, 
usually when 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 other issues are foregrounded um counterfeit issues begin to take uh, humongous um you know um size because because it is it's not it's not being very scoped so i think it's important to to know exactly what government is is doing about this yeah thanks i, I think one need to acknowledge the effort that is made by the regulator and uh, particularly, I would like to talk about what uh, the Board of Health that is responsible for regulating the quality and approval for drug into Nigeria. Our regulator, NAVDAC, they make a tape at a point to ensure that every drug that comes to Nigeria have the NAVDAC registration number for easy identification of this product has been registered by NAVDAC. But that number, the NAVDAC came up with implementation of a mobile, mobile authentication system. And what that is supposed to do is that there should be a secret code that will be considered on the product pack by the manufacturer, which they will need to send to a dedicated number to get an alert. I mean, NAVDAC introduced the true scan machine to identify fake products at the ports and during post-marketing surveillance and several raids and seizures of suspected counterfeit was done by NAVDAC to ensure that uh, uh, this uh, original product are available in the Nigerian market. And so they, one will definitely uh, agree that the regulator, NAVDAC, have done it quite a lot. And the Pharmacist Council, Pharmaceutical Society of Nigeria have rolled out several campaigns at many times, asking people to ask for those quality products to ensure that they see an abduct number, they get an authentication on those numbers, and that most importantly, patients should buy from registered pharmacy where they can actually trace back should there be a doubt in quality. Fantastic. And um, and so what? how is Pfizer supporting these frontline agencies? I I know that I have some some intel information that at some point uh, Pfizer had deleted some true scan um, to to. to after, but I'm sure you can share um, uh, some of the uh, partnerships you've been having with some of these agencies. Yes, uh, thanks. We made a donation of those true scans that can be used on post-marketing surveillance, and on, we have also engaged with uh, the, the agency to train in in the, in the area of identification of. Uh, of, 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 of the counterfeit market right there in the market when we made that donation to them. We also support the agency to engage in pharma crime through regular training on product identification, either through the national training or in the framework of international operation, like the one we organize under the US DOG. And uh, we also uh, brought in global standard sharing practices on how best to identify paid product. And recently, we have also worked in good collaboration with the relevant authority to drive success in actually training custom officers, training uh, NAVDAC, and also providing information that have led to the seizure of several uh, suspected fake medicine in the Nigeria market. Uh, I'm also going to, I know that, uh, again, Intel, because obviously before you get into programs like this, you need to do a, a bit of uh, research. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, I know that Pfizer had also done some training in the past with the judiciary. Um, can you share some insights on that? Yeah, I mean, the objective of that training actually 
was to actually alert our judiciary so that the cases of uh, fake drug importers that are in the court that are taking so long, they can see the urgency of it and how it impacts patient health. And the interesting thing is that you cannot even suspect who that patient will be. It could be a family member. It could be someone that is even close to someone in the top government official. So the expectation was to trail and call their attention to why the issue of fake importers or dealers in Southern medicine will be given the urgency that it required. But that actually has some input, and we expect that it will give in, I mean, result into better acceleration of cases that involve uh, illicit uh, drugs and uh, uh, fake importers, uh, business uh, people. Yeah, thank you. Fantastic. You know, I, I like what you said about you don't know who that person could be, who that person, who would, uh, you know, buy uh, the counterfeited medicine would be. Uh, you know, and, and, and that reminds me of uh, the documentary put together by the um, the U.S. Uh, um, department of the U.S. Embassy, uh, Fishbone. Uh, it is an interesting piece of work where you, you see that a woman who was involved in the issue around counterfeiting, counterfeiting eventually got her own granddaughter, you know, being given uh, counterfeited medicine. So that, again, uh, you know, brings me to the next issue and the next question, and, and that is how can citizens stay informed and protect themselves from counterfeit products? Yeah, I think it is very important for us to, first of all, identify that medicine is not a product that can be treated as other products. Its efficacy relies mainly on quality. And this quality is guaranteed as long as the medicine is supplied through a controlled, auditable, traceable channel. And what I mean by that is that we have even local manufacturers that are doing quality products, and we have quality products that are coming into the country. As long as the channel is well controlled and it's not broken, we'll be sure that the patient will have access to quality mercy. So as soon as it goes out of the control channel, the quality cannot be guaranteed. And because of that, the consumer should obtain their medicine from legitimate sources. What I mean by that is that proper pharmacies that identify as pharmacy unregulated purchase any medicine that is packed in a foreign label uh, packaging. For example, you have some products that have all Arabic inscription. They're actually not meant for this market. It's a it's an English-speaking market. So for Pfizer and other major multinational companies and local company, products are labeled for legitimacy of the patient to be able to see and read. And if you are seeing a different language on the label, it's a call for action that is a suspected product. So once you ensure that you can actually see every word that is written clearly on the product. And most importantly, every patient should ensure that wherever they buy from a registered pharmacy, they get a transactional receipt, which shows that they obtain those drugs from that pharmacy. Mm -hmm. Should there be a result of not getting the effect you want and the doctor needs to be sure that you got it from the right place, they can trace it back. And it is expected that the pharmacy that you bought from and this is a message that has to go to all retail pharmacy owners. They need to buy their drug from wholesalers or sources that they can actually go back to and say, this is the complaint I have on this drug. 
And now that has put up a lot of uh, complaint channels that patients can use to reach them when they suspect the quality of the medicine they are using. Okay. So the most important thing here is that the consumer can ensure that they buy their product from registered pharmacies. Fantastic, fantastic. So, 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 um, yeah, um, this is giving me the, we have five minutes more. Um, so I know we are running thing on time. And uh, this is, has been a very exciting conversation because you brought up issues that, you know, even, um, you know, remind me, re- reminded me of uh, the first cousin of uh, counterfeited medicine, which is parallel um, trade, you know, when you talked about, you know, languages that are not, um, not used in Nigeria as an official language. Maybe you have maybe Turkish or well, Arabic or, or whatever, French, when it's not, you know, written in English. Um, I think the last question we're going to ask, which is what we always ask our guests, is what um, is your outlook or what do you think about the outlook for the pharmaceutical market in 2021, considering the cases of the coronavirus in, in Nigeria has gone down, but we are not sure what to consider that the world remains a global village. What are your, um, what would be your prediction and outlook? I mean, thanks a lot. I think what I, I mean, looking minute. at, that, yeah, in one minute, what is happening today is that the pharmaceutical industry is prone to a lot of opportunities. People are more conscious of their health considering coronavirus. And so to be able to maximize those opportunities, there is a need for the nation to support local manufacturing and to ensure that imported products that are coming into Nigeria are actually coming to the right channel and we're sure that they are the original product that is meant, not a parallel product that do not go into the the, the supply chain channel. And the most important in terms of revenue to the government, drugs that are parallelly imported into this country do not give any revenue to the government. They rationally distort the environment. Today we cannot see exactly the size of the pharma business because the channel of drugs coming into this this market is multiple. So if the government can streamline that, giving attention to local manufacturing and supporting that and ensuring that quality say that I would like us to have a part two of this, you know, just like you have films, part one, part two, because there is so much we need to talk about. Unfortunately, uh, we, have, we don't have much time left, and so I would uh, thank all our listening audience. I thank our guest, Inka Zubai, for making our time to be at this, um, this our conversation today, and our, our listening guests, and we have come to the end of uh, today's episode. And for more information about uh, Pfizer and on our discussion today, um, kindly visit uh, the podcast session of abcnig.com and also you can listen to this conversation on Apple Podcast and SoundCloud. See you next time and thank you for listening.